ons ons ganse leven aan u bij, Heere, so dat voor ons lief is vir u. Heere, maar wat een voorrecht om u te dien en te weet hoe dienen God wat ons eerste lief gehad het. U het ons lief gehad terwijl ons nog zonder was. En dit maak ons net nog meer lief. Wees welkom in uw sitplek te neem. Ek het die onbeskore voorrecht om vanavond vir Volmar welkom te heet. Volmar, jy kan nie so lang nie boe my kom staan. Ek ken vir Volmar al baie lang tyd, en ek dink die, uh, my eerste keer wat ek onthou vir Volmar is, toe hy vir my profetiese woord gegeet, en toe hy daar naadlaas en amen gesê, toe kyk hy my stip in die oor, en toe sê hy vir my sterkte. Toe weet ek, oh my word. En ek besef, as Bilika daai dag daar was, en sy het nie die een van haak aangekeek, het vir my gekyk en gesê, sterkte. Ek dink my, sy het meer nodig as ek. Maar Volmar, ons sê in jou, dankie dat jy is, en ons sê in uit met die oor wat die Heer met jou gegeet. Fantastisch, goeie naand allemaal. Het is baie lekker om hier te wees. En um, het is wonderlik en ek is opgewonde vir wat die heren vanavond doen. En ek gaan my best probeer om Afrikaans te praat, maar ek en my vrou het die gemeente Engels, het die gemeente in Engels geplant. En um, ek kom achter al hoe meer ek begin oor my eie Afrikaanse woorde struikel per tykje. En um, so, as ek dalk in Engels goed aanhaal of praat, dan uh, vergeef my, maar ek dink is vir hom wat ek het doen eindelijk wat hy ook, ons moet die Engels is bereik. So, ek terg sal my net. Yeah, ek is so overwhelmed. Thank you for the worship. It was so amazing. You guys enjoy. It's such a sweet atmosphere and a presence and God is so faithful. The Holy Spirit is just here. And uh, tonight I just want to speak on a few things. And um, what I felt that the Lord, and we'll see how the Holy Spirit leads, but what I felt that the Lord wants to speak about tonight is seeing is believing, seeing is believing, who of you has got a, exactly what he said, a prophetic word or a word of your life that you hold on to or that you're still waiting for God to come and bring into fulfillment in your life, who of you, quite a lot, all right, you see and who of you find it tough walking the road for that word to be fulfilled, all right, it's not always easy and, and, um, I want to quickly read a scripture from James 1, Jacobus, James 1, that says it's a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes. Um, greetings, he says, verse 2, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. You see, so Jesus comes and he says that, that we are put through the fire many times, but that we can come people perfect, lacking in nothing. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God has got a place for you to become perfect, lacking in nothing? That is sufficient and that you, in, in that place of sufficiency, overrunning, abounding, more than enough. And he speaks of lacking wisdom, ask God, all those things. And he says, but let him who ask, ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded, a man, unstable in all his ways. And then he, I'm going to skip a few in verse 12, says that, But blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. 
So who of you feel like now in a season you may be in a trial or maybe the season of trial is quite a long season for you already? Only one. Let me preach to you then tonight. Okay. This side, do you experience it? Looking at your life, feels like, are you still on track or do you feel like there's certain things that need to still be fulfilled? You see that he says, blessed is he who remains steadfast on the trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. I want to tell you that your, 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 your wilderness that you walk in does have an expiry date. Your wilderness, if you feel like you're in the desert, you're alone, you're walking, you're isolated, just want to encourage you that your, your wilderness does have an expiry date. And the great thing, when Jesus walked in the wilderness, after that, there's a release of power coming in your life. So know that after you've stood the test of time and you go through these things, that you will receive a, a power and an anointing. See, God produces, and this is what he says, he's more interested in producing a maturity in us so that we can be people perfect, lacking in nothing, than just giving you all the desires of your heart. That's part of God's heart. He wants to give you the desires of your heart. He wants to bless you. He wants you to, to know that he, he favors you highly. But you see, the gift without character can bring so great destruction. Therefore, God builds character in us so that when the gift comes, when it flows, when, when we uplift and when we just come and we minister to people, that it releases love, that it releases a sweet fragrance, that it brings the hope and the character of Christ to people. I've seen many people and I've experienced myself in my life where people come and minister with amazing gifts, but then afterwards their character fails and it nullifies everything that they've just done. You see, God wants to produce a maturity in you. And one of the scriptures that I love is that God says that we are living stones, being built part of the house, being part of the kingdom. So God wants you to fit in and to be part of the spiritual house and be part of his plan so that you can be part of that spiritual building. God comes and he resides in you. Children of God are led by the spirit of God. So he says he wants to produce a steadfastness in you so that you can receive the crown of life, which God's promise, which God promised to those whom he loved. And then the last thing, verse 16, 17 and 18, he says, do not be deceived, my beloved brothers, but every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruit of his creatures. By his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. One of my favorite scriptures as well that I love is that God says that the universe is still upheld by the power of his word. That God speaks in your life and today we sit here because he spoke and he said, let there be light. He said, let there be the, the waters and the earth and everything be divided and let it separate. And he, so when God speaks, it happens. So when God speaks in your life, you need to trust God and know that by the power of his word, he still upholds the universe today. But he says that you are wonderfully and fearfully made in his image and in his likeness and that he's got a plan and purpose for you. And therefore, how much more worth do you uh, have you than the sparrows? You've got so much worth. Why do you worry? Because God wants to say tonight to you that he has got this. He has got this. Your, your life, your worries, your fears, whatever you experience, your trials, your tribulations, 
if you feel like you're going through the desert, then God says he's got this. So seeing is believing. And, and many times we've got this saying, seeing is gloed. Ons Afrikaners is baie skuldig daan, ons het die spreekwoord so gevat, en sien is gloe. We first want to see before we believe. That's true, ne? We want to see first before we believe. But, but Jesus says, blessed is the man who believes without seeing. Blessed is that man. And I really want to stir up something tonight. I want to rekindle a fire in you for the word of God in your life to start believing again that not seeing is believing, but believing is seeing. That when I start believing, I can see. Because when you can see in the spirit, you can have it. God has promised over your life many things. So when you can start seeing again, so you need to start speaking over your life. God says that his, his word cannot return to him void or empty. Isaiah 55 says, so shall be the word that goes from my mouth. It shall accomplish for that which I purpose it. It shall not return, return to me empty or void. It shall accomplish for that what I've purposed it. You see, God says that he will, he will. But sometimes we just, we break ourselves down and we just, must poik yourself with unbelief. We don't trust God or we, we look at circumstances and many things. You see, so we don't look at the things around us. And that's the promise. If you want a page to maybe Romans 4. So let's just quickly, while you page, if you want to go there, Romans 4, remain a feed. Then um, Hebrews 11, you know this, but let me read it from the Amplified Bible. It says, what is faith again? Hebrews says that faith is the assurance, the confirmation and the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see. Faith is the assurance and is the proof of things that we do not see. And then he says, the conviction of their reality Faith perceived as the real fact, what is not revealed to the senses. You see, our senses, and uh, you cannot see something in your life yet, but he says, faith is this now, the things that you do not see, the conviction, as if you can see it already. You can see it. So I want you to start stirring up that word inside. Let it start refiring. Don't retire, refire. Don't retire, refire. Let the word of God get alive in your heart again. Because God watches over his word. He's ready to perform his word in your life. And um, we are children of God. So Christians, we walk by faith. We walk by faith. And that means that I know God has got a promise over my life. I know God has got a word over my life. God said something. I don't see it yet, but I'm going to believe him. And that he will finish the work that he has started in me. You see, 2 Corinthians 5 says that I walk by faith and not by sight. It's not what you see. I want to I wanna share a few things, and it will come together at the end. Ephesians 1, Ephesians 1 verse 18 and 19 says this, having the eyes of your heart flooded with light, having the eyes of your heart flooded with light, all right? Maybe you feel at a dark place. Maybe you're at a place where you feel like you need some light shining. So allow God to start shining his light. God is love, God is light. And, and, and John says that the light came into the world and it defeated the darkness. For the, for the darkness could not overcome it. The light has come into the world. Let the light shine in your life. Let it start shining, that you can, that you can see, so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you, how rich his glorious inheritance in the saints or the set apart ones are. 
and so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable, unlimited, and surpassing greatness of His power in and for us who believe, as demonstrated in the working of His mighty strength. God wants to show you, and, and, and He wants to give you the, 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 the greatness of His power that's in and through us and in us. Now, Abraham, so let's go to, to Romans. Abraham, we say he's the father of faith, but he walked. And um, we speak about Abraham, and, and when we look at, look at his life, God gave him the promise. He says that you will bear a son. Actually, that, that you will have a great lineage. When you look at the stars and the sand of the sea, I'll give you an inheritance. I'll give you a lineage. I'll give you the nations. But for many years, he walked and he walked and he walked and he didn't see anything. You see, and, and, and maybe God has given you a promise, but you keep on thinking, but when has that come in, in reality? When is that going to come to realization? When is God going to fulfill his word? Or did I hear him correctly? You see, what I'm saying is that first you need to hear God. So you wait upon him, you get a word. When you have a word, then you stick to that word. Je moet haar koppig as strand raak. Je bijt vast aan hy woord. God is not a man that he can lie. So if God settled, God says it, that settles it. God said it, I believe it, and that's it. You start believing in your life. So Abraham goes and um, let's just see. verse let's read from verse 13 Romans 4 verse 13 says for the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be the heir of the world did not come through the law but through the righteousness of faith for it is the adherents of the law who are to be heirs for sorry for if it is the adherents of the law who are to be heirs faith is null and the promise is void for the law brings wrath but they where there's no law there is no transgression that is why it depends on faith in order that the promise might rest on grace and be guaranteed to all of his offspring and this is what he says for this is written i have made you the father of many nations in the presence of god in whom he believed and this is what he believed and listen to abraham walking with, with this promise of god in his life not seeing anything yet day by day he goes in and he's going out and he's not seeing the realization and he's just getting older and older and older and god speaks to him and he says this that you bear a son and he says i've made you the father of many nations verse 17 in the presence of god in whom he believed who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist who calls into existence the things that do not exist in hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations as he had been told so shall your offspring be he did not weaken in the faith when he considered his own body which was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old or when he considered the barrenness of sarah's womb no distrust made him waver concerning the promise but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to god fully convinced that god was able to do what he had promised that is why faith was counted to him as righteousness. The Afrikaans said it to me, he said, Abraham had one hope on hope, and he believed that God 
van God en dat God die mag het om te doen dit wat hij gesê het. En dat hij kan zelf skep uit, uit niks uit of die dood kan leven maak. En ik wil vanavond vragen, die seeing is believing. Wil jy eerst eerst sien in jou leven voor je gaan begin glo dat God gepraat het? Wil jy eerst begin iets sien gebeur in jou leven voor je sê, maar nou gaan ek rechtig waar glo? Of gaan jy begin soos Abraham sê, teen hoop of hoop, gaan jy bly glo in die beloftes van God? En dat hij zelfs kan uit niks uit iets maak. You see, God needs faith. He just needs a little faith. You need to start believing. And, and I want to share something that, that God journeyed with Israel. And many times we get discouraged because God has given us a promise. Now Israel is in, in Egypt and he says that I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to take you out and I'm going to take you to the promised land. I'm going to take you to Canaan. And he gives this promise. So now he walked with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and he gives all these promises to them. And he says, I'm the, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And then at one stage he gets to Israel now. And he says, now's the time. So Moses, you lead the people out and you go. And I want to give you this encouragement and, and these things that what God wants to do so that we can inherit the promise. So um, let's just, I want to just quickly read something in Romans 5. So Romans 4 speaks about against hope, against hope. He kept on believing that God has got the might to do it, to create something from if it doesn't even exist. God speaks and he says, the universe is upheld by the power of his word. He said, let there be light. And there was light. God spoke over your life and it will be so. Your life will be upheld by the power of his word. And now he speaks in Romans 5 and he says this, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we've, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And a hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. I love it. He says, it produces a hope, and this hope we were saved. He says, you will not be put to shame, and this hope you were saved. And God gave me, I, I don't have enough time to share my whole testimony on how God worked with me and, and spoke to me in all these things in my life. So, so but, but against hope, against hope, you're looking at the odds in your life and say, but the word that God has given me, it looks so impossible. Because many times we look at the flesh. You see, you believe God says something and you see with your eyes something manifest. And you think, ah, oh, great, two, three steps forward. Then suddenly something happens and you fell, oh, now we're five, six, seven steps backwards. And then you just see something realizing again in the word. You say, okay, two, three, forward, and then backwards. And God says, no. All right, you go through trials and tribulations so that it can produce a maturity. He says, but in this hope you were saved. And now Romans 8, God gave me this from verse 23. You see, so many times we're weak, we struggle, and we don't always have faith. We know that little saying where he says, I believe, help me in my unbelief. I believe, but help me to believe. And this is what he says in Romans 8.26. He says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes with groanings, with, uh, with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts know what is the mind of the Spirit, 
because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that those who love God, all things work together for the good, for those who are called according to His purpose. And then um, he says that, you see, that, that, that where's that scripture? There's a, one more that I, oh, verse 25, that's what I, sorry, that's what I want to miss, what I missed. He says this, um, verse 24, that's the, he says, against hope, against hope, he believed that God can do what he said he's, he's going to do. Romans 5, he says, in this hope you were saved. And he says, but God produces uh, endurance in you so that you can be people perfect, lacking in nothing. Romans 8 verse 24 says, for in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. What is faith? Faith is that which I do not see yet, but I believe that it's there already. He says, so hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? You see, seeing is believing. Who hopes for what he sees? If you can already see it, you don't have to hope for it anymore because you can see it. If I say, you're going to get a car and you don't see the car yet, every time you see me, you're going to have an expectation for the car. But when I say, there's the car, you see the car? You don't have to hope anymore. The, you can see it. It's there. All right, so he says, who hopes for what he can see? All right. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. If we hope for what we do not see yet, we wait for it with patience. You see, but we don't like that little word patience, that God wants to produce a steadfastness. So I want to encourage you to really get to this place where you trust God fully again, where you, where you reignite the word of faith in your life, where you say, I'm going to have patience. I'm going to have endurance. I'm going to have maturity. I'm going to break through. You see, why? why? Why don't God just come and He just give us what we desire? Why don't God just come and He gives us all the word that He has given over our lives? You see, if you engage in the promises of God prematurely, that you know that the promises of God can also destroy you. If you're not mature, if you're not at a place where you can handle it, it can also bring destruction, not just building up. So we need to get to a place where we can take your promised land. And this is what I want to share. So Moses takes the people from Egypt. And out of Egypt, as he encountered with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, now they get to a place, you see, that they called Bethel. So you know this. And Bethel means that it's open heavens, it's the revelation of God. God gives a promise. So he gave the same place there where Jacob had an encounter, the open ladder and the heavens ascending and descending, and he built the altar, and he said, this is God's place. He called it Bethel. And he made an offering and he worshiped God. You see, God gives you a promise in your life and that's the Bethel encounter that you have where God gives you a word and says, but this is the word that I have. There's a promise, there's a hope. This is what I've got for you. And you feel so great. Have you all been at that place? Have you been at that place? When you receive a word, you feel this is great. This is awesome. This is so wonderful. Did it realize immediately afterwards? No. Who of you, after a prophetic word or something great, encountered more trouble? Okay? More trouble. Not the, not the word. You encountered more trouble in your life. You see, what he says is, this is God's promise over your life. And as they moved from Bethel, they received the word of God. They moved to a next place called Gilgal. Gilgal. What happened there? That's where God told Moses that 
the whole of the nation, all the men needs to be circumcised. So do you know what circumcision entails? It's painful. What happens? You cut the flesh. So what happens in your life? God gives you a promise. And he says, I want to take you this place. This is the dreams that I have for you. This is the place where you're going. And now what happens afterwards? You get to Gilgal. What happens? God cuts your flesh. Because he says, for you, in order for you to inherit the promise, for you to go through, I have to deal with your flesh. Because your flesh will keep you, will prevent you from my fullness. So God comes and he says, I need to cut away that which not belonging. I need to cut away. So, so many times that's why after a word you start experiencing the pain, but God needs to deal with your flesh. So he needs to cut away so that you can be a people perfect, lacking in nothing. So many times God deals with our flesh, with our hearts. And it's an uncomfortable place. It's not an easy place because God confronts us with things that we don't always like about ourselves or about people that we need to forgive and whatever you need to deal with. But God is cutting the flesh. Then afterwards, the next place that they had to go through was the River Jordan. So they, they're going through the desert and the wilderness and all these things, and God provided for them. But then in order to get Canaan, they had to go through the Jordan. Now, the Jordan represents, as we know, baptism, going through the waters. So what is the significance of baptism? Baptism, what we do is say that I've been crucified with Christ, now I die with him. I'm being buried with Christ. All right, do you bury a live man? We bury the be we, we bury the bed. We bury the dead, okay? So not a live person. So God comes and he gives you a promise. God starts dealing with your flesh. He's cutting away that which not belongs so that you can become perfect. But many times we fight and we fight because we don't like God dealing with our flesh. And we fight and we struggle and we have this whole wilderness experience and we say, but God, where are you? You spoke this word and now I'm all alone and I experience that you know where and it's all quiet. You see, and sometimes, as I said, God, God's promises can destroy you if you get it prematurely. Sometimes God waits for you to get to that place where you surrender, where you die so that he can work now. So he deals with the flesh, but then he says, I want you to get to a place where you die to yourself. And then when you die, that's going through the Jordan. You die. So when you're tired wrestling with God now, and you die, you finally say, okay, I give over. God says, now I can start giving the promise in your life. Now I can start realizing the word. So finally, they went through the Jordan to enter into Canaan. So when they got to Canaan, what happened? They walked in and they lived happily ever after. Correct? Oh, not in your Bible. Okay. All right. They encountered giants. They had to take the promised land. They had to move in and take city by city. But God says, I'm with you. Because my word over your life is, is pure. My word over your life is true. You will inherit the land but they had, they had to take it step by step you see and encountering those giants i usually use this example that maybe your husband is drinking one bottle of whiskey a night and now 
God comes and He gives you a word saying that, that your husband will be saved, God is going to save you, and now suddenly He's going to have this great calling and God is going to do this and this and this with His life, and you start calling in that promise. And now suddenly, your husband is drinking two bottles of whiskey instead of just one. You see, you need to take the promised land. You have to fight the giants that comes in your life. Because many times that's the things that we encounter, but we want to run away. But God says the victory is yours. The battle is mine, but the victory is yours. So we need to trust God. And that's why he says, if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. God's taking us on a journey because he's more interested in the person and the character than just giving you the word, making you happy, but it brings destruction. God is wise. God is a father who loves you. God is not going to disappoint you, ever. But what I want from tonight is that you start stirring up the faith, that you start saying, but, but Lord, maybe you can relate at some of the stages that you say, but God's maybe still dealing with my flesh. And I don't really know how to handle it. I don't really know how to, to go about it or, or work. Start surrendering to God. Faith comes by hearing the word. You see, not seeing is not believing. Believing is seeing. If you can start seeing it in the spirit, you can start having it. But are you at that place where, I just, I just felt when I prayed about tonight is that, that God just wanted to come and, and bring some light into your life, some light in the darkness, in the words that you hold on to promises for businesses, for, for exploits or for studies or for your work, your career or whatever the case may be, for your marriage, for a relationship. God wants to bring His Word and His light into your life so that you can experience the freedom that you know that God is for me, not against me. But many times we work or we walk with this thing that, that God is punishing me or God is not for me. See, God is for you, not against you. God loves you so, so, so much. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. Amen. Do you believe it? Believing is seeing it. And I want you to really start opening your hearts to the word of God again. It says, but Lord, maybe you're disappointed. Maybe you're at a place where you say, but I stopped believing God for his word, for what he says, because God is not interested in my life quickly maybe sharing this. Um, David needs to bring the Ark of the Covenant back. And, um, and Uzzah, you know where he struck, he was struck down because he, he put his hand on the Ark because of the oxen that stumbled. And, and God wants to bring his glory and his presence in your life. So the Ark of the Covenant had to be at Jerusalem. I'm gonna do it very quickly. He had to be at Jerusalem and that was the presence, the covenant. So God's anointing and his presence was in that, in the Ark of the Covenant. And then because of all the, um, you know, wars and the battles that took place, the Ark of the Covenant was not in Jerusalem. So David says, now it's time for the Ark of the Covenant to come back to Jerusalem, come back to the city. And he comes and he builds this great cart for the Ark of the Covenant to be carried on. So they transport the Ark of the Covenant on this great cart. And when they got to the, to the threshing floor at Ubed Edom, then the oxen stumbled. And Uzzah put out his hand because the oxen stumbled and God struck Uzzah dead. And you know, have a look for me. You see, the word says in the Amplified, and David got offended with God because of his hand against Uzzah. 
And many times maybe your heart gets offended with God. And you feel like God is not, not, not for you, but He's against you. You see, but God's ways are this. The way for transporting the Ark of the Covenant was on the shoulders of the Levites, of the priests. God has got His ways, and He wants to do certain things in your life His way, not your way. That great car that He built, it represents His own great idea. And many times you have a word from God, but you want to dictate or prescribe how the word should take place in your life. But God says, I've got my way of doing things in your life. I've got my prescribed ways of doing things. And then he left the ark at a Philistine and he went home. And for a few months he was there. And then after a while, his people came and said, do you realize how much blessed is the enemy, the Philistines, because of the ark of the, present, the, 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 the covenant, the presence of God being at that place? So my question is, many times when you look and you look maybe at your, your enemies or, or the unbelievers, does it seem like their life is more blessed than your life? Maybe you've got offended in your heart and you need to deal with offense so that you can get the blessing, the presence of God back in your life. That you can get at a place where it flourishes, where it's nourished, where there's just a flow. God wants to give you everything that is God. He says, you are a co-heir. He's a nearer erfenal. There's so much more in store for you than what you have now. But God wants to take you to a place where you become mature in Christ. Amen? Amen? Are you guys okay? All right? Does it make sense? You see, so... God wants to deal with our flesh so that we can inherit the promise. So sometimes we struggle, but let us not get offended with God. Let us get to a place where we embrace, where we get the joy of the Lord. And I want to challenge you really to get into this place where we get into the joy of the Lord. He says, put on a, a, a spirit of praise for a, or a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. And I encounter so many people that get depressed that gets so deep down. But God says, you choose. You put on a garment of praise. All right, enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart. And God says, that would you ask in his name. Let's just maybe end off with this, 1 John. If you wanna read there, 1 John. 1 John 1 from, from verse, um, sorry, 1 John 5 from verse 13. So he speaks about many things and he says this, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. And this is the confidence we have toward God. If anything that according to his will we ask, he hears us. And I want to say to this, that he says, you know this, that if you, you can have confidence towards God, that, that, that if you dealt with your heart, you're dealing with your flesh, you're dying to the old nature, and you say, Lord, I'm going to embrace your promises. He says that when you ask, know this, God hears you, and he gives because he hears you. 
know this. You can have this confidence. God will hear you and he will answer. Ask, you will receive. Seek, you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. He says that's the golden rule. Ask, you will receive. And I just felt that, that God just want to come and infuse, just blow a new wind of the Holy Spirit in your lives. So that you say, Lord, I'm going to start trusting you day by day. So maybe let's just stand together. All of us, let's just stand together. And just want to let you close your eyes maybe and just focus on the Lord for a minute. And that you say, but Lord, tonight, Father, I'm choosing again to come back to you. To, re- to come to a place where I just remind you. I bring in remembrance the promise that you have over my life. May it be a promise of relationship, a marriage, maybe family member that's far away or that's losing track. Maybe you've been disappointed, business deals that went sour or skew, or you've been treated unfairly and God has given you a word, but you don't see the hand of God moving in your life yet. I just want you to right there for a minute just deal with your heart and says like David Lord search my heart and see anyway that's wicked or unrighteous just show my just show me my heart and father tonight prophetically I just come and I release in the spirit that what you showed me Lord is hearts and minds and words over their lives each one's life here that you're just gonna rekindle the fire and just make it burn in their hearts. And I just sense that the Lord is really going to, in this next few weeks, starting to rekindle the fire and the word over your life. And you're going to start experiencing new wind in your sails. Where you're going to know that God is the Lord. And that the Lord has spoken and He's got a plan. Where He's just going to come and remind you of every word that He spoke over your life. Saying that my word is true. My word is righteous. My word is light. And nothing will hinder or stop my word to be fulfilled in your life but you're going to believe it and you're going to start reciting it you're going to start proclaiming it you're going to start saying lord i trust you for you know best your way not my way father we just come and we we just lay down our independency of you many times we're so independent and we declare that we become now right now we say again we dependent on you lord for children of god are led by the spirit of god So tonight, Father, step by step, let us start walking by the Spirit again. Let us start trusting you and let us give life. Because the word says, life and death is in the tongue. And if you use it, you'll eat the fruit of that. That from tonight, Lord, we again are going to start releasing life over our lives. Life over our situations. Life over our marriages life over circumstances that seems dead your test and your trial does have an expiry date and after that you're going to see a release of power in your life so father let our hearts be open let us just walk in faith and in obedience knowing that you love us and that you said the good work that you've started in us you will complete god is a finisher of the work in your life is a finisher of your faith and father there where 
we need more abundance, where we need more grace, or where we need more faith. Help us, Lord, and release that faith over everybody here. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just before we sing a song, I just really, I'm trusting God, and this is what I want you to do, to go and remind God of His promises. And maybe if you, you lost that promise, maybe it's a time where you just need to go and sit down that maybe God first can remind you of His promises over your life. And then as you see what He says over your life, you start believing what God says. And you start proclaiming and you start calling it in by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. Amen. And you will see God moving in your life. So may He bless you. May you really just experience the fire of the Holy Spirit. Just feel that God is busy with impartation. And you're going to experience the fire of the Holy Spirit. Just igniting and doing things that, that even going to drive you. I just see that some of you is going to be driven so much more that sometimes you, you feel God wants to move, but you, you're too afraid. And I just see a boldness coming over your lives. And you just start moving in a new dimension, moving in a new capacity. God says your life is called to live to the glory of God. And He says, so that the world can see His glory. You're a co-heir. So know that God has called you for great exploits. So we're not going to say seeing is believing, but we're going to start saying, believing is seeing. I can see, and therefore it will manifest. Amen.